Hello, and welcome back to the Iowa Type Theory Commute. I'm Aaron Stump. This is part two of Emergency Drive to My Office uh, episode. <laughs> As I'm otherwise quarantined and not doing any commuting, and with no commute, there is no Iowa Type Theory Commute. I'm very sorry, because that was really the time I had in my schedule to try to do this, and... Um, but I had to go to my office, as I said in part one, and so <laughs> now I'm driving home. So I wanted to share another um, episode with you. This time, again, in chapter eight, we were talking about um, termination checking for recursive functions, recursively defined functions for um, for strong functional programming. So that is functional programming where all functions are statically confirmed to terminate, or for type theory where we need termination for the Curry-Howard isomorphism, and. Uh, Anyway, what I want the topic I want to talk about today, and likely, uh, I mean, this would actually be a good topic to conclude Chapter 8 with. I don't have a ton more to say about this subject right now, uh, about uh, termination checking, besides some of what I covered in the past handful of episodes. Um, but the one other thing I wanted to talk about was uh, this a different approach to type-based termination. And I think this is the approach that we're following in Sedil, and it's definitely a minority approach. There's, in fact, I'm really not aware of any other system that's trying to use this approach, which is a pity because it's the best one. <laughs> um, and uh, it, you know, so we talked about size types a couple episodes back, and size types are a, a type-based approach to termination. Um, I still remember. Many years ago, goodness, I think I was still a graduate student or just a new assistant professor, and seeing a draft paper by Andreas Abel called "Type Checking Equals Termination Checking" or something like that. Um, I don't, I don't know if that, I don't think that paper was actually published in that form. Um, but uh, it, it was, you know, the, expressing this idea, this sort of dream that um, it'd be really great if termination checking could just be taken care of through type checking, and of course. It's exceptionally, uh, especially enticing dream when you understand that that's actually how it works for pure type theory. That is, once before we start throwing in inductive data types or heaven forbid, co-inductive data types and recursions or co-recursions over them or for, or generating them, you know, until we get into this world, uh, types are what's enforcing termination. Like if you just look at system F or the calculus of constructions, there's no. Um, there's no termination checking at all. It's just type checking, and the types are enforcing termination. It's a wonderful paradise. You really don't have to think. Um, you don't have to think too much. I, most people would really wouldn't think at all about um, termination as they're writing programs in those languages. You just express your program, um, you know, and if it type checks, that means it, it's terminating. I mean, that's really awesome. And so then, you know, unfortunately, as we this great um, historical um, bad, you know, wrong turn uh, to take to take us from calculus of constructions to the calculus of inductive constructions, you know, hey, I, we all make wrong turns. I make plenty of wrong turns in my life, personally and professionally, whatever you want to say. Okay, we all make mistakes, and um, those mistakes still can have great value, as CIC clearly has had great value in um, being a basis for Coq, which is a one of the most used pieces of advanced, uh, you know, sort of research-grade software that you can find out there. 
Um, but still, it was a mistake because, <laughs> or at least we could say there's much, there's, there's much better paths that we could be trying to pursue. And, and here at Sedil HQ, we are pursuing these paths. And the, the problem is, you know, once we've added these primitive inductive data types and primitive recursion, you know, prim, you know I mean, a basic form of recursion as in something sort of axiomatic to the theory, now um, we have to deal with termination for them kind of, it, it somehow has to be added axiomatically, and then we get into this world of structural termination checking and all these other things. And this is not very nice. Size types, is, size types are type-based, um, and I mean, they're still quite heavily tailored to inductive data types. Um, but, you know, as we talked about with them, they are, um, it sort of seems that they're not that easy or fun to use. Uh, they are a type-based form of termination, though. So you do get compositionality. I can take a function that's terminating, and I can just rip out bits of it and stick them in helper functions, and I'm not going to break my termination. I mean, I may have to think a little bit about what the type type of those helper functions should be or something, but there's no, there's nothing difficult about that. Um, whereas with structural termination checks, for example, that's totally not true. You can, you cannot abstract out pieces of your code uh, and retain um, a positive termination check in general. So uh, anyway, here's another type-based termination method. It's the method of so-called Mendler-style iteration or Mendler-style recursion. And uh, the, um, the idea here is that, from the, let's talk about it from the programmer's point of view. And we already talked about, back in the Lambda encodings chapter uh, of the podcast, we did talk about um, Mendler encodings. So now let's think about it a little bit from the programmer's point of view. And I, I certainly don't suppose you remember what I said there. Heck, I don't remember what I said in that section either, um, as I'm talking right now. But uh, from a programmer's perspective... What you, when you're programming with Mendler-style iteration, what you get is when you want to write a recursive function, um, you get a certain interface that you can use, okay? And, and to sort of help explain this, I mean, think about when you're writing a general recursive function, like just writing in Haskell or whatever, or, or any language you like that allows recursion, right? I mean, you get a kind of an interface. Inside your, your body of your recursive function, you know, I'm allowed to make recursive calls. That means... I'm allowed to call the function I'm in the middle of defining, and I call it with some arguments of the expected types, and I'm going to get a result of the expected type, and then I can sort of use that in you know defining this this current uh, you know case of the recursion. So um, so general recursion gives you an interface. The interface is you get to call you know like say you're de defining a function f by recursion. General recursion says. Sure, go ahead and call f and call it with the exact same input types and you're going to get the exact same output type and there you go. And this is super convenient to use but it doesn't enforce termination of course because you could just call f with the exact same inputs you were given and that will be an infinite loop. Mendler style um, uh, the Mendler style approach to this and it gets gets this name because the essential type theoretic idea is due to um, Nax Mendler uh, in some paper that I would have to remember, remind myself um, of. But, you know, if you search for, like, Mendler style of recursion or something in Google, you'll find a pretty decent amount of discussion about this. It's uh, not something everybody out there knows, but there's enough people who know about it and have written about it that you, you'll find stuff. So anyway, the Mendler style recursion gives you a different interface. 
It says, if you're trying to write a recursive function f, um, I'm going to give you an abstract magical type here. So like say you're trying to recurse over some data type, like the natural numbers. So you're trying to write a function that takes a natural number and let's just say it's trying to take a natural number and give you another natural number, okay? Remember style recursion says, okay, you're trying to define this function f from nat to nat, let's say, and inside the body of your recursion, you can call f, or you can, you can pick whatever name you want, you can call f, but it's not gonna have type nat to nat. That input nat, uh, maybe I should have said nat to bool to avoid confusion. Let's say nat to bool. That input nat, when you is, I'm going to introduce an abstract type that's going to sort of hide that nat, that that nat type. So let's say call our abstract type R. Okay. So inside the body of your recursion, you get an abstract type R, and you get to call your function f. But instead of getting to assume that f takes a nat as an input, you just get to assume it takes an R as an input. So think about of R as sort of like a type name that's just kind of hiding the identity that, you know, we, that's hiding the fact that we were taking in a NAT. And the reason that hi hiding that is so very useful is that then you can't call F on just whatever you want. You're going to use sort of polymorphism, poly parametric polymorphism, to control what recursive calls you make. And the recursive calls you're allowed to make, well, you can call F on anything that's of type R, that's one piece of the picture. And the, set, the last piece of the interface you get is um, when you're pattern matching on this input natural number that F is getting in as an input, you get the subdata at type R, not at type nat. So this, the base case, okay, if it's zero, there's no subdata, you just, you just write your base case. But if you're, if you're matching against the successor, then you get the predecessor not as a nat, but as an R. And that means that really the only thing you could do with that predecessor is um, give it to the function to f to, as a recursive call. And f really can't take anything else except that predecessor. There's no other way to come up with something of type r because r is completely abstract, right? Parametricity is going to say your function um, can't assume anything about that type. And so the only thing you know is really, oh, I've got this predecessor of type r, and I can take. I've got a function that will take a value of type r and give me a bool. That's all you get to use. And so that's, in a quick nutshell, that's Mendeley iteration. And that's all I've got time to talk about now because I'm home. It's a beautiful spring day. I got to take the kiddos outside. Thank you for listening. I hope you're well wherever you are. Talk to you later.